The whole psalm is helpful, but today we're just going to read one passage uh, from it as we're going to talk today about enjoying God. We're going to lift just verse 4, but we're really going to talk about what this means. Are you ready? Okay, Psalm 37, verse 4 from the uh, New Living. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Wow. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. I'm going to talk about something that I think uh, may actually be a strange, um, literally a foreign idea uh, to you today. Um, it occurs to me in getting to know uh, different people uh, in the church that we don't all have the same life experience, right? Right? We don't all have the same life experience. We're unique, and that's why it's fun to be here, right? If we were all the same, it would be boring, right? I married Rebecca because she's different than me, right? Right? It, we're, we, being unique is a lot of fun. But it occurs to me that in our faith journey and in our walk with God, we all have different experience. And so this biblical idea, which, and again, not reading a huge portion of Scripture today, but is deep in the Bible. It can be found literally throughout the Bible. This profound biblical idea of enjoying God is one that I don't think that we all understand or all put to use. And it's a good one. It's a fun one. Are you ready to have a little fun in church today? Okay, good. We're in the right place. Uh, Psalm 43 verse 4 refers to God as the source of my joy. Psalm 43 4, the source of my joy. Psalm 1611, the psalmist writes about finding joy in God's presence. Now, joy is kind of a weird that, uh, word that we don't use too often in our culture today, right? We might use the word happiness. We, I like uh, especially the way Morgan Freeman says, happiness. I, can't, I wasn't working on my Morgan Freeman this morning. Happiness. Says it in that Visa commercial. Okay, uh, happiness, pleasure. These are words that we might use instead of joy. And I know that uh, for some of us, we might almost think that it's sacrilege if I were to read Psalm 37 verse 4 with modern day English. Take pleasure in the Lord. That might sound weird. But that's maybe a good way for us to understand. Take happiness. Happiness. Take pleasure. Take, are you starting to warm up, loosen up? You're in the right church, right? Okay. Take happiness, take pleasure, take joy, take delight in the Lord. Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 42, Psalm 63 talks about as the deer pants for the water, so my soul yearns for you. It talks about thirsting for God, being hungry for God, tasting and seeing, savoring the presence of God. This is one of the things I take delight in. This is a a crab cone. That's a waffle cone with fries in it, crab cakes on top with little aioli sauce, and it's fantastic. It brings me happiness. And usually I don't need another meal the rest of the day, if we're honest. But it brings me happiness. Pleasure, joy, it makes me a little warm on the inside and it's got enough calories for a week. 
Take delight in the Lord. How many of you know that as we become adults, and for some of us in this church, we're becoming adults, and for others of us, we don't want to be referred to an adult any longer because we've been an adult for decades. When you become an adult, um, it's easy to get grouchy. I mean, I don't even have a lawn to tell kids to get off of anymore. (laughs) I can't be that grouchy. Some of you get that. Some of you will get it later. When you're an adult, it's easy to become grouchy, and that is partially because of responsibility and other people's expectations and bills and a little thing called the IRS. But it's also, I think, because as an adult, we spend less time for happiness, less time to take joy. Some of us need a hobby. We need some happiness. We need some joy. Um, I, I, as a youth pastor, uh, what became infamous down in Virginia because I told a number of the teenagers they were spending too much time in church. And it was true. They, they were in a Christian school. They had multiple church events every week. They had no friends that didn't know Jesus. And that was a problem. But it was also a problem because they didn't have any joy any happiness that they were finding in God. I'm going to just work this until you laugh, so you better get ready, all right? They were not taking delight in God. It is possible for us to take delight in God. Now, we find that this preposition in is also important. What it literally means is that our joy is found in or that God is the cause of our joy. And I looked it up in the Greek. It's also true what he's saying. God should be the cause of our joy, the reason for our joy and the focus of our joy. Let's not be grouchy adults and not spend enough moments in any day to pause and have happiness, to take joy, to find pleasure. Are you with me? Now, recently, we talked about Philippians. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to... Bring it! Thank you, Justin! Will be faithful to bring it to completion. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Now, I want to talk about this because... The reality is that life is hard and God is good. Somebody say amen in this church. Did I come back to the wrong? We are, I just want to, just want to let you know, we are a church that talks, right? That celebrates the truth. Are you with me? Life is hard. God is good. Amen. That's right. Come on, preacher. Preach. Come on. Those would be good options of things you could say. Life is hard. God is good. All right. We're getting there. Not too bad for some of you white folks. All right. Now, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Philippians. Paul writes a letter to the people he knew in Philippi. Let's talk about this because it's relevant to our real life. Because I know that some of you are looking at me and you're saying you're a little bit crazy with all this happiness. 
And it's easy for you to say because you are that person. I am not that person. Hey, listen, I get it. I also used to be a downer. And I can go back there very quickly. Let's talk about Paul. So in the book of Acts, we see the story of when Paul first comes to the city of Philippi. And what happens? He gets beat and thrown in jail. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands if you've been beat and thrown in jail. We won't have that altar called now. Paul gets beat and thrown in jail for talking about Jesus. And then what happens? God sends an earthquake and opens the doors of the jail cells. Paul and his buddy Silas, who were singing praises to God, somebody need, come on, learn the truth of singing praises when you are in your detaining situation. When you feel like you're going through a delay, when you feel like you are being inhibited, I can just preach on that. This is good. When you feel like you are being pushed back and resisted, you got to sing your way through. Yes, you, you got to sing, right? So Paul and Silas, they were singing. The earthquake happens. The jail cells open and they hear the sound of the jailer, the warden, the guy who lived there, who was in charge of it all, pull his sword to kill himself. And Paul says, wait, 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 wait. Don't kill yourself. We're all still here. That's weird. That's what happened. Through that situation... The warden of the jail and his whole family come to faith in Jesus. And that is how the church in Philippi gets started. Are you with me? Okay. So everybody who he's writing this letter to, they know this story. Okay. They know this story. But where is Paul writing from? He's in jail again. Right? Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen God do miracles. I've laid my hands on people and seen them get healed, and then I have not been healed. There are moments in life of contradiction. Paul is writing from a moment of contradiction. Can you imagine what he must feel like? He's writing a letter to people that saw him miraculously released from jail, and yet he is not now miraculously being released from jail. God is allowing him to remain imprisoned. Come on, put yourself in his shoes. You think that feels weird? Do you think he wants to write them a letter? Probably not. Hey guys, remember me? The guy God busts out of jail? Yeah, I'm still in. Maybe he would have worried that they would thought that he was in secret sin and that's why God was allowing him to be in jail. Come on, are you human? Come on, think this through. And yet from a place of contradiction is where we get the sandwich of thoughts that you see on the screen. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't worry about a thing. Pray about everything. Fix your thoughts on what is good. Fix your thoughts on God. His peace will guide you. But sandwiched between these life-changing thoughts that still work today. Sandwich. See, that was me a number of times as a child. I just want to point that out. Um. I actually said once as my mom was pulling me by the ear down the aisle, don't spank me, mommy, don't spank me, mommy. Then I started singing Jesus Loves Me because it was a really long aisle in the church. 
It's a true story. If I don't tell you, my mother will. Okay, so sandwiched between these thoughts of he who began a good work in you, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is a verse that we might wish is not there. And that's Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord, or in today's vocabulary, be full of joy in the Lord. Happiness. Take, that's right, happy, happy, happy. I wondered how long it was going to take Uncle Si to get into this message. Take your happiness from God. Take joy in God. Let Him be the cause, the reason, the focus of your joy, of your pleasure. In the midst of a contradiction, Paul writes these letters. He's not a saint. He's not perfect. He's not even, at this point, a professional Christian. Are you with me? This is not words from or words to someone who is really that different than you or me. Right? We are all broken people that are seeking God. Right? Are you with me? These words are not beyond you. Have you ever felt like the words of the Bible were beyond you? Right? These words are not beyond you. They're there for your benefit. So a real person who's responding to God following Jesus writes to real people out of a state of contradiction. And he says, be full of joy in the Lord. Happiness. Be full. Every word in this phrase is important. Be state of being, not pretend. That's not a pretend word. It it is a word that involves a decision on your part. Are you with me? It is a word that involves a decision. So there, you have to, when you don't feel it, make a decision. But it's not faking it so till you make it. Are you with me? It is. It involves the decision of your will, and it involves your whole spirit being right. Don't worry. Pray about everything. Fix your thoughts on what is good, and then the peace of God will guide you, right? It is a decision that you make, but then when you set your thoughts on God, He can't help but to fill you with joy, pleasure, happiness. Now, why is that So, I'm so glad you asked. God, our creator, created us in this world with identity and purpose. He gave us promises and made a covenant with us. He has done what he said he would do, always true to his word. He is forgiving, gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and rich in unfailing love. He's not abandoned us. He guides us. He provides for us. Psalm 23 starts with, The Lord is my shepherd. When I choose to follow God as my Lord, life 
goes better. Are you with me? In the moment when I'm in the dumps, the only way I can be full of happiness is when I choose to focus on the one who is not in the dumps. When I choose to let God be my shepherd. That's the condition of the rest of Psalm 23. Are you with me? Come on now, let's think about this. So I relate to God as my Lord, and the Bible is my source material. There is not one thing in your life that the Bible doesn't have something to say about, because it is God that has spoken to us. Amen! That's right! That's good! Preach it! I will encourage myself. When I relate to God as my Lord and the Bible as my source material, I have a hope for happiness. See, I don't read the Bible to impress you. That doesn't even enter my brain. I love you, but it doesn't enter my brain. Because in the Bible, God is revealed. He is described. He is, we see him in action. We see how he feels. We see what he thinks. We learn about his emotions, what he cares about. I read the Bible to get to know God. When I get to know God, then I can say things that are true. And when I say things that are true, there is power in that statement. And so what I can do in order to take happiness from my God and joy and pleasure in God is I can start to think through, maybe you're a list person, let's do some lists. God is full of love, full of grace, full of joy, faithful. The healer, the creator, the redeemer, the provider. God is, fill in the blanks. God is not human, a liar, unfaithful, a user, a manipulator, an angry God. See, when I start to engage my whole person in taking delight in God, I can contrast what I learned from the scripture about what God is and what God is not. And when I put a Bible-based list together like that, I start to think about what has been proven in my own life and the truth is then revealed. And then when the truth is revealed, my mind, my emotions, my decision-making, my body and my spirit start to bubble up up within me and I get some happiness from God. I am focusing on my God. I am taking pleasure from my God. Mike, drop. That's who your God is. That's what your God wants in His relationship with you. So easy to focus on the second half of our original verse. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, I got desires. Solomon, the smartest man in the world, wrote about the human heart as being never ending with desires. And he wrote about the fact that our desires are never fully satisfied outside of God. I'm so glad I'm a fan of a winning football team, aren't you? There's this 
fan of the Cleveland Browns who posts his YouTube videos after they lose and he's standing out in the street and all by himself screaming at the stadium because he spent all this money and he loves his team. And one of my favorite videos, he's screaming at the stadium, you are a factory of sadness. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorites. I do tend to use that in conversation. You are a factory of sadness. The truth of the matter is, if I live to make myself happy, I become a factory of sadness. Don't be the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> because if all I try to do is make myself happy, what you will find is that your human heart will never be satisfied outside of God. And if all you're trying to do is make yourself happy, you are not seeking God. The only source of love, hope, peace, and joy. See, the truth of the matter is, is that God is forever satisfying. He never runs out. Never gives up. Never runs out. He loves us. He loves you. Yeah, you. He loves you. He loves you. There's so much I want to say on this topic, but I want to give you some real practical suggestions of how to apply this, okay? You ready? First, I know it might seem, this might seem like a weird thought, and it might seem overwhelming or challenging how you can change and how you can start to enjoy God. Are you with me? So I want to talk about how you can enjoy God. So, number one, if you feel challenged by this, what do we do when we need help? Ask, right? We're going to pray. Ask God. So, the first thing you can do is say, God, help me to enjoy you. Ancient Christians wrote this. The chief end of man, meaning the big idea, the big purpose, the ultimate purpose that we derive from Scripture, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Let me say that again because it's really good. Ancient Christians wrote this, they repeated it, they memorized it, they lived by it. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And one of our contemporaries, Piper, rephrased it to say this, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. It is right, it is good to enjoy God. It's what he wants. So pray. Ask God for help. And then when you pray, listen. Because God does talk. There may be something that he wants to say to you. There may be something that he wants to say that will help you enjoy him. Then, think. Now in this pray, listen, think, we have the basic biblical concept of be still and know that I am God. Not me, him, right? Be still and know that I am God. That's the scripture. And so what ancient Christians did that helped them with this is something that they would call the daily office. And what the daily office was for ancient Christians, just like you, is that they would stop everything they were doing three times a day and have a quiet moment to reflect on God. Sometimes they would read, sometimes they would meditate on a scripture, sometimes they would listen to God's voice, sometimes they would just sit and think. But ancient Christians would three times a day in the daily office just stop everything they're doing 
to be still and know that He is God. If we can't turn off everything with a screen and everything or everyone that has a voice and have a quiet moment, you remember Kelly's testimony about the time of prayer and fasting, what she was talking about, the way that God ministered to her by turning off the TV and using TV time to just quiet herself and be in God's presence? We don't have much hope of enjoying God until we can quiet ourselves. Now listen, I will tell you that early in this journey for me, this has been extremely difficult and I had to develop a number of tricks to help me, right? Because my brain would just not shut up. So what I have to do is now I have an app, but I used to just do it all with paper and I would, I'd quiet myself, okay, it's my God time, and then all I would have, my to-do list would just be churning. And we're all different, but for me, if I write down my to-do list, if I've got it kind of organized, and then I can get out of my head and I can move on to something else without worrying that I'll forget it. I don't, maybe that helps some of you today. But when you're trying to quiet your mind, don't just, uh, okay, well, write it down. Like whatever it is that is bothering you, write it down, set it aside. Is it too practical? Was it wasn't interesting? Just a suggestion, okay? Get that stuff out of your head. Drain, you got, sometimes you've got to drain the brain, Right? Get this stuff out of the head. This is also why it's very helpful at three times a day that it's like the first thing that you do. A lot of times for me, before I even get out of the bed, because as soon as I get out of the bed, the dog wants attention, a child wants attention, the phone wants attention. Anybody living life like mine? Okay. So sometimes before I even let anyone know that I'm awake, I will be still and reflect on God's goodness. Because that's a lot of times when my head is the emptiest. You know what I mean. Pray, listen, think. Now, here's one for you. Plan. So let's just, right now, when are you going to do this? Okay? When and how are you going to enjoy God? Because for most of us, if we don't make a plan, it won't happen. I know you, you know me, right? If we don't make a plan, it won't happen. If it's not important enough to us, if it's not something that we want to do, it ain't happening, right? So we got to make a plan for where, when, and how it's going to happen, okay? So I want you right now to think where, when, and how are you going to enjoy God? No, really, think about it right now. Now, I would hope that before you eat lunch, you write that down. Don't punch it in your phone, enter it in your calendar right now. Right now. Make a plan. When are you going to... I'm talking about enjoying God. Not doing chores, push-ups, or running. Enjoying God. This is your ultimate purpose. Enjoying God. Finding in Him happiness. Make a plan. 
Now, I also recommend reading, and I've already talked about reading the Bible. Reading the Bible is essential to getting to know who God really is. It's easy for us to relate to God like He's a human that hurt us. Hello? An authority figure, a bad dad, uh, a bad neighbor. It's easy for us to associate negative memories with God. Because we think he's an authority figure. Because he is ultimately in control. But the fact of the matter is that that's not healthy. Are you with me? And for some of us, we need help to contrast what we have come to believe God is with the truth. Are you with me? I don't care what anybody says. There is absolute truth. There is absolute truth, and the Bible will help you see it, because that's how God chose to reveal himself. Okay? So, you need to read. And reading the Bible's never been easier with a free website and apps, Bible.com. You can set up reading plan. There's a bajillion ways that you can read. But for some of us, we may need to also read books. And there's a ton of suggestions. And I would love if you would ask me for suggestions. Or Rebecca or your small group leader or whatever. But we can make suggestions based on how your brain works. How much or how little you read and what types of things that you enjoy reading that could fit with who you are that will help you learn more about who God really is that will help you enjoy Him. It it works. It really does work. And lastly... We need to talk about it. You know why Yelp exists? Yelp exists because a part of the human condition is that we have not fully experienced joy until we've talked about it. Well, what? Now, some of you might keep it as an inner monologue, a private, and it may be more negative than positive. But to a part of completing the process of enjoying something is communicating about it. Crab cone. I find happiness. Expressing what you're happy about will really help you with the grouchy factor. You notice that when you watched Oscar the Grouch, you didn't hear him talk about what he liked too often. That was good. Talk about what makes you happy. Talk about what aspect of God makes you happy. We got to talk about it. Communicate about it. Are you with me? It's a part of what will complete the process for you. Some of us think out loud. And so it will actually be the first time that you formulate the thoughts of why you're happy about God. Hey, you could do worse things with your time. Come on. God is. God is not. Great way to contrast. Great way to contrast the truth about God and the falsehoods that we come to believe about God. Are you with me? Write it down, share it, talk about it. God is, God is not. So sharing it is an ultimate way that we bring this enjoying God to completion. What do you guys think? Is this good? Now I know for some of us this may be a brand new thought. It's okay, it's from here. 
And for others of us, it's not a new thought, but it's a thought that we're not currently doing anything about. Please enjoy God. It's okay. Unfortunately, in the last few hundred years, philosophers began to mix with Christianity this thought that if I wasn't sacrificing pleasure, it wasn't a righteous thing to do. That's false. Now, pursuing selfishness is, right? I mean, what did Satan say when he rebelled against God? I will ascend. I will be like the... Obviously, selfishness is a sin. But some of us have come to believe somewhere down in here that if I have joy and happiness, if I'm experiencing that, it's not godly. That's wrong. Can we just put that to death and drive it out? That's stinking thinking. That's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. In God, we find happiness. Will you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you so very much that you are the well that won't run dry. That you are an inexhaustible resource of happiness. That we can every day and in every situation find joy in you. That even if we are in a season of contradiction where life is tough, we can say, God is good. In whatever state I'm in, God is good. We can, not in a crazy way, in a reasonable way, state the truth that God is good. His love never runs out, never fails. His grace is amazing. God, I thank you that we can laugh, that we can enjoy your presence, that we can know that it's a part of your purpose for our lives. Help us to make a decision to follow you in this way. Help us to set a plan of where, when, and how we're going to do it, to read about you, to pray, to ask you for help, and to find our happiness in you. In Jesus.